At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote this is live bet saturday on vsin the sports betting network Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook here on Live Bet Saturday. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Pamela Maldonado here as well. Third hour, and we've got a lot left to get to. Let's continue our analysis. Super Wild Card Weekend. Robert Land is with us. Houston Sports Talk. Robert, we appreciate the time. So I think there's a lot of places we could start, but I wanted to start with I think is the most obvious storyline here. Um, one of the, the strings that I'm pulling on in this game. These, these two teams met in the regular season, and Cleveland won that game with ease. However, Will Anderson, C.J. Stroud, both did not play there. Betting market says there's no real difference. They closed three-point underdogs in that first game. They're only two-and-a-half-point underdogs now this time around. I, I feel like uh, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson might be a little bit more impactful here today. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, the line, it's it's hard to know because, you know, you would still think the Browns are the best team, but... If you look at what happened a couple of weeks ago, throw that, throw all of that in the trash because the Texans were missing three of their four best defensive players. Grenard started the game, but he played three or four plays and he was out. You know, John Grenard and Will Anderson are your two edge rushers, two of your best defensive players, uh, Pro Bowl alternates. Blake Cashman didn't play at all. The best linebacker. He's also your best coverage linebacker. So going against Njoku, who caught a touchdown pass in that game, is a big deal. And then, of course, C.J. Stroud. I mean, you know, the difference between Case Keenum and C.J. Stroud at this point is, I mean, it's just night. It's a night and day. And Case Keenum, you know, he he, he didn't have the Cinderella comeback of, of Joe Flacco. His arm just isn't what it used to be. And, um, you know, he just he didn't look uh, all that strong in his two starts with the Texans. And, you know, C.J. Stroud's looked like a top five, six, seven quarterback in the NFL since the beginning of the season. I mean, well, since week two, at least. Well, sticking to that Cinderella story, then everybody has Flacco fever right now with Joe Flacco. 16 years of NFL experience compared to CJ Stroud, who is in his first career playoff start. How much of that do you think factors in into this matchup? And even though Stroud is one of the best quarterbacks, you just mentioned top five. Do you think that weighs more heavily? I don't think so, because CJ Stroud has been playing playoff games his entire career and college. He 
was playing at Ohio State. Every game was a big game. You saw what he did in the national semifinal game last year. You, you've seen what he's done under pressure with the Texans. Late game situations. Last week was a playoff game. He was 20 of 26. Really with missing two of his uh, three best wide receivers that are available now. Tank Dell's been gone for the season, but the other two veteran receivers, Noah Woods and, um, and, and or, uh, Noah Brown and Robert Woods were out last week. They were playing with two rookies along with Nico. Nico carried him with almost 200 yards. But, you know, Joe Flacco, it's not just that he's clutching that one Super Bowl season. And it is nine last nine playoff games, not last nine starts. He's thrown 24 touchdowns to four interceptions. You know, so he's done it under pressure. The thing is, though, that last playoff game that he started was nine years ago. C.J. Stroud was in middle school, 13 years old, mm-hmm. when that was going on. So let's talk about this offense as a, and as a whole, because one of the criticisms coming out of that faux playoff game against the Colts uh, was the play calling, right? And the fact that they didn't really open it up for C.J. Stroud. There was a lot of run-run pass. Uh, what did you make of Bobby Slowick's game plan in that game, and do we expect a little bit more of like an evolution of this offense this week against the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was that conservative. I mean, they came out through a 75-yard touchdown pass to start the game. Yeah. But, you know, they didn't have, like I said, they didn't have two of their best uh, receivers available. They're, they had two rookies and Nico Collins. And, you know, Nico had an incredible day. But, you know, that, that was going to be an issue. Schultz uh, was big that last drive, was huge that last drive. But, um, you know, he, he didn't do a whole lot. It, it's it's also about they're trying to protect C.J. Stroud to a degree. You know, he had the concussion. He was out for a couple of weeks. Um, they've, they've been real protective of him the last two weeks. But, you know, it's the playoffs now. Maybe they'll, they'll change things up. It's also a, a fact of, you know, against the Colts, I think they just wanted to, against that defensive line, they wanted to make sure that they had got the run going, and I think they they need the run going a little bit. And the run's been better since uh, they've really handed the reins over to Devin Singletary. I mean, this offensive line, people don't understand. Like Stroud gets a lot of credit for what he's done as a rookie, but just keep in mind this offensive line, it, it's unreal what he's done because they've had 12 different offensive linemen have played this year. They're on their fourth starting center since training camp. Michael Dieter, their starting center, was basically pulled off of the practice squad a few weeks ago after all the injuries. Juice Scruggs, who was supposed to be their starting center or rookie, has been playing guard. He's playing out of position. The right tackle, George Fant, you know, was a guy that I don't even know if he was considered a guy who's going to make the team. They've gone through so many offensive I think the Browns fans are like, well, we've gone through all this offensive linemen. Hey, Stroud's gone through just as much, if not more. It's been, you know, it's basically been a musical chairs the whole season for the Texans offensive line. I'm trying to remember if it's either seven or eight different starting offensive linemen. So, you know, I think that's part of it. They're just trying to protect C.J. Stroud with the concussions in that O-line. Well, I like that you mentioned the offensive line and all of the changes that they've had. And a lot of that comes with coaching, deciding who's going to go and fit what piece where. Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans right now, they're the likely top two candidates to win coach of the year. What's your case for backing Ryans in this? Well, I mean, I I feel like both guys have, I mean, I I would like it to be a tie because I think both guys have Mm -hmm. incredible cases, uh, what they've handled this year. Um, The case for D'Amico Ryans, they were the second worst team in the NFL. He had a rookie quarterback. I just mentioned the offensive line has been a catastrophe. They had tons of injuries besides that. They're missing right now their three best safeties. I would call them their three best safeties. One is a starter, 
two of the backups, the rookie safety uh, from last year who looked really good. Petrie has had a terrible year. Um, I mean, if you look at all of the injuries and everything they've gone through and to win all of these games that they won on, on the last drive, you know, they've had three last drive victories. Um, they've they've uh, won a bunch of games just in the final 30 seconds or minute um, with a, is a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie quarterback, and basically led by a rookie team. Will Anderson's really a leader on defense as a rookie, as a, as a third pick in the, in the NFL draft. So, I mean, what they've done is just unreal. Yep. All right. So looking at this matchup, one more before we get to the overall prediction here, the offensive line sticking with this, but on the flip side, what do you expect the success to be for this Texans pass rush against Joe Flacco? Because looking at some of the numbers, he's been under pressure a little bit here, just under a third of his dropbacks. He's been under pressure. I would assume this is something Houston could take advantage of. Yeah, hopefully um, they can get a lot more pressure than they got on him last game with those two guys playing on the edge. But I mean, one thing about Joe Flacco, and I, I feel like you guys probably know this, but he's an underrated guy the way he moves in the pocket. I mean, he's not a statue back there, despite what people think, despite of his age, he moved back really well when the Texans did put pressure mm-hmm. in that first game against the Browns. Um, but now the Texans hopefully getting these two guys back and they're also running in there, Derek Barnett, who's been fantastic. The Eagles cut him, Texans picked him up late in the season. And he's been really good. He's getting a lot of pressure himself. So even if those two guys aren't 100%, I think you're going to see a revolving door. Will Anderson played half the snaps last week against the Colts the week before. He played 12 snaps. He's got a high ankle sprain. So we'll see where he's at. But the guy, that kid's a machine. And between all those guys, hopefully, you know, for Texans fans, that they're going to be able to do something with his pass rush uh, this time around. And we'll see what D'Amico dials up. If he's not a big blitzer, but maybe he might try some some of that if, if things aren't working early. Of course, they still have to get through this game against the Browns. But looking at the grand scheme of things, just for the overall playoff picture, Stroud and Ryans are the first rookie quarterback coach duo to make the playoffs since Andrew Luck and Chuck Pagano in 2012. Yeah, baby. Overall, what do the Texans and Stroud need to do to accomplish in order to make a solid postseason success? Well, I, I feel like at this point, everything's gravy. I mean, you, there's no way you could have ever dreamed this up as a Texans fan, even as a Texans organization. So, you know, it, it, it would be great if they got one win and just did something like that in, in that first season. But, you know, for me, I, I think this is going to be a close game. And really, if you ask the fans, they're just like, just give us a competitive game because just being here at this point mm-hmm. is is all extra for, for this. And, you know, you, you just never know with injuries from year to year. So it's hard to say they're going to be back. But I mean, C.J. Stroud, I've watched a lot of quarterbacks over the years. I've been following Houston football and following the NFL. I mean, I go back to the Oilers and love you blue. And, you know, this guy is totally legit. He, he looks like the best quarterback that I've ever seen in a Houston NFL uniform, and that includes Warren Moon. That includes Deshaun Watson when he was at his best. C.J. Stroud is is the real deal. All right, Robert, before we get you out of here, uh, they're two-point underdogs at home, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. What do you expect today? What happens between Cleveland and Houston? Well, I, I expect it to be close. It was What's interesting is it is a three-point game, so you figure this might come down to the kickers. Uh, Fairbairn has been fantastic for the Texans all year. And then he misses the extra point, the first extra point he missed all year in that Colts game. And I thought, well, that might be a little advantage because the Browns don't have their kicker. Remember, he got hurt during the Texans game, so they were trying two-point conversions 
But Riley Patterson, I mean, I looked up his numbers. He's bounced around, but I mean, he's been really good. So you figure it's going to come down to, uh, you know, if, if it's that close, it comes down to a field goal, which I think it is going to come down to that. You know, I, to me, it's almost like who's got the ball last. So, mm. you know, I, I, I feel like the Browns are going to win it because they're the better team. But I mean, if, if CJ Stroud's got the ball last and a chance to win the game, he's going to win the game. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, he'll win the game. <laughs> Robert Land, Houston Sports Talk. We appreciate the time, Robert. Thank you very much. Enjoy the game. Thank you, Robert. Thanks a lot. Yep, you got it. This is uh, this should be a good one. I'm very excited for it. Yep, two right now, total of 44 and a half. We had our confidence picks. We'll revisit those a little bit later, but um, hopefully it's not uh, a blowout either way. At least we get some interesting football today. It would be, uh, I mean, we do know that the Browns defense doesn't necessarily translate on the road. So the high scoring could be a factor. And yeah, if it comes to score to score, CJ Stroud in the final two minutes, I'm excited. We did see that uh, defense fail in a very great matchup against the Indianapolis Colts in the regular season. It was a wild, wild matchup. All right, when we come back, as we speak, Kalen DeBoer being introduced as head coach for Alabama. Let's discuss that and the future of the Crimson Tide and what we're going to see in the coaching carousel in college. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into Live Bet Saturday. Jonathan Von Tobel, Pamela Maldonado with you here. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> I was watching something and then my brain just went, that was it. Um, you know, in, in the NBA, Pam, so when teams are in unfavorable rest situations, mm-hmm. Generally, the thought is, is that in the second half, the lack of rest is when it manifests, right? right? So, you know, people will be like, hey, you know, second leg of back to back, I'm going to bet them in the first half. No, generally, it's the second half in which they fall off. I bring this up because I'm in the second half of my back to back right now. Okay. All right. It was a late night. I think I'm starting to fade here a little bit. <laughs> um, so, you know what? The fatigue might start hitting in here. So if I start stumbling and bumbling and doing all sorts of stuff, uh, just know that I'm sorry. I apologize. All right. With that, um, 
We're watching SEC hoops right now. Tennessee up 73 or 83-79 over Georgia. They've been scuffling on the road this entire time. SEC hoops, a, a fun thing, but nobody cares about SEC basketball. We all care about SEC football. And the big, the big domino dropped when Nick Saban decided to retire. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that one. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know where I might add, and maybe, maybe not screwing over the program, but we'll find out. Kalen DeBoer has been announced. This was from Greg Byrne, the Alabama athletic director, saying that we're not going to get someone who's not only a great coach with the X's and O's, but also someone who cares about his players and someone I'd want my sons to play for, just like I would have wanted them to play for Coach Saban. We got that in Coach DeBoer. He's ready to get to work, and we look forward to him leading the Alabama Crimson Tide football program for years to come. Kalen DeBoer is an awesome coach. Mm-hmm. Good X's and O's guy, as Byrne brings up here. Very good at maximizing. He's won everywhere he's gone, Pam. What I find fascinating about all of this, did you see the report about Alabama's, um, we'll call it financial support behind the scenes? Nope. Explain. I'm paraphrasing. But that the NIL money for Alabama might not be as, um, as rich and frothy as you would believe it to be because it's Alabama. And then, in fact, the athletic department really banked on, hey, we got Nick Saban. Just come on in. Play for Nick Saban. Win national mm-hmm. championships. Go to the NFL. Kayla DeBoer is a good coach. Right. Kayla DeBoer is not Nick Saban. Right. And so I am very curious about the future of Alabama football as we move forward, because while I think Kayla DeBoer will have Alabama regularly winning, you know, tennis games and competing and whatnot, the years in which you are solidly every year a top four team in terms of betting odds before the season began, right. preseason one and two almost every single year, constantly in the conversation as best team in the country. I think Kalen DeBoer's good. Again, I want to max. I want to very much emphasize <laughs> that. But I just, it is very hard what Nick Saban did in his career at Alabama. It's right. very hard to do that. And if you're not going to have the NIL backing and Kalen DeBoer comes in and there is some resistance to him not being that guy, uh, I do wonder, you know, just what this future is going to look like for Alabama post Nick Saban. If you're not going to open your pocketbooks, much like some of these other programs. And I'll give you an example really quickly. Okay. Clemson. Yeah. Right. Dabo has refused to adjust in terms of the transfer portal. Right. The NIL stuff. Remember the nonsense quote? He's like, we've had NIL this whole time. Name, image, and likeness of God. Like, okay, uh, but we want real money, not Jesus. And I think that might be something very interesting to watch here with the Crimson Tide. I think no matter who it was, whether it's Kalen DeBoer or anybody else, this might have been with anybody because it, you mentioned it's very difficult to replace Nick Saban. What he's done with this program is just historical. There is nobody that can compare to him. But also give Kalen DeBoer a chance. Like he, like what he did at Washington was also spectacular. We're mm-hmm. talking about Bill Belichick and how the Patriots are moving on to a DC. Well, Kalen DeBoer is very much an offensive guy, and what he has uh, capabilities of bringing to an Alabama program, maybe out of the gate, I would expect him to kind of change things almost immediately i think he could have an immediate impact into this program for the 2024 season still make it into the 14 well 12 team playoff but make yep. it into the final full four um and then long-term longevity i highly i'm excited for debor what i saw from the offensive line that he had with washington building up and really rostering a an offensive scheme with Washington to get them to where they were this year into the national championship. He can bring that to Alabama and what's missing, that offense. As good as Jalen Milrow was as quarterback, they didn't have the offensive line. Get in some of the recruits, look into the transfer portal, provide what any NIL you do have. I'm very I would be worried for anybody else in the SEC next year. 
Alabama is nine to one to win the national championship next year. Uh, they are the fourth choice on the board. Georgia plus three forty, the favorite. Ohio State plus five fifty. Texas eight to one. Alabama nine to one. Um, we'll see what happens. There was a lot too of um, there was a lot of blowback from some players and um, former players mm-hmm. um, saying that like if if Saban's not there, I'd, I'd hit the portal immediately. So right. it's going to be very interesting to see this again. DeBoer is a very good coach. He's a guy that can maximize a lot in terms of X's and O's. But uh, it's uh, it, in today's day and age where the talent is spreading out. Correct. I mean, look, Boise State just got the, what, the former USC kid, the quarterback escapes, Malachi Nelson. Like, this is how this works now, right? right. The, the, you can find the money and the playing time you want in a lot of different places, yeah. especially with the SEC expanding and getting two teams in it like Oklahoma and Texas. And yeah. it's going to be a pretty fascinating future here. But I would say this, of all the options, outside of Dan Lanning, because I'm a really big Dan Lanning fan, I think mm-hmm. that he is the best option. He's got all the SEC ties, but he's sticking around at Oregon for the foreseeable future. Uh, this is probably the next best choice that you could get in Kalen DeBoer. So, again, it's probably positive. We'll see what it's going to be. I don't think they're going to devolve into like 8-4, and 7-6, and six, all that, or 7-5 okay. all the time. Uh, but it's just, uh, I think you might be in for, oh, it's a, it's a lot more. I mean, we're learning it now at the tail end of Saban's career, right? right. Oh, it's a lot more competitive <laughs> out there. And now Saban's not going to be there anymore. But what we saw but, from Saban, and also what was one of the reasons why both you and I really loved Alabama for the 2023 season was because we saw that this was atypical from a tip from the Crimson Tide roster. They usually come in already so elite into the college football like scenario playoff for being a top contender. They didn't have that out of the gate. They had their quarterback question marks. So they had to really it was Saban who had to really build the roster into what it start from what it started as to what it ended as. Does Kalen DeBoer have that same ability to do so? Maybe take a team that's not starting as 100% elite, but can you roster that into mm. a six-month span? Yeah. I would say yes, because at least we saw it, at least with Washington. He took a 4-8 and eight program and then finished 25-3. and three. I'm excited. Um, that opens up the Washington head coaching job, too. So this uh, this other domino will fall now, and we'll see what happens there. So we have now another opening for Washington, uh, and we'll see what they end up filling with that and with the program and what the future is for Washington, too, as Washington loses Kalen DeBoer and now heads into the Big Ten, right. with the, which is going to be fascinating because I think that Washington can be very good in the Big Ten. I also think Dan Lanning and Oregon enters as the – third best team at worst in the Big Ten, Ohio State. I mean, we mentioned plus 550. For those who don't know or haven't been keeping track because now the season's over, we're all focused on the NFL. Ohio State's bringing back pretty much everybody. Right. The only people that aren't back are Kyle McCord. Kyle See McCord. Yeah, don't, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And Marvin Harrison Jr. So this team is absolutely loaded for mm-hmm. next year. And we talk about like potentially hot seat, all that kind of stuff. The way you're loaded up, if you're Ryan Day, and you don't. And you have, you're right, right. And you don't <laughs> make it to a national championship game and potentially win this thing, given the way that everything's looking right now. Buddy, this thing is going to be an absolute failure. So it's a big year for Ohio State. They are rightfully plus 550 um, and the second best team in the country by an early glance at the ratings, given everything they have coming back. And then there's a belief that you do have the chance to at least come out with a national title or at least make the final four into the playoffs because a lot of players did choose to stay instead of opting so or hit the transfer portal. So that tells you there is belief within this within the program itself that, hey, we are good. We're going to remain good and we're going to have a great season next year. Let's see what we can do. Yep. So. 
2024 season, are we excited already? So again? <laughs> I'm like, 2024 season, are we excited already? It's going to be cool. I mean, the 12-team the, the playoff does change things, so that's going to be interesting. Again, the betting options are going to be fantastic because you're going to get, you know, the odds to make the playoffs is going to be pretty fascinating because now you have 12 spots and right. what you're going to do there, uh, how you attack that market when we get it from a uh, group of five standpoint, right, is going to be pretty interesting because that you, you're going to be able to rate some of the better to group of five teams and be able to get a ticket there. Um, but what do you think about this? Cliff Kingsbury rumored to be the potential option for replacing DeBoer in Washington. <laughs> no opinion. <laughs> that is, I mean, no opinion is an opinion. <laughs> I mean, I just, so when Cliff Kingsbury came from, um, uh, my blanket, Texas tech, Texas tech. right. Um, he wasn't that successful. I mean, we're talking about a guy whose coaching record was 35 and 40 in his time with Texas Tech. He had one winning season the entire time. That was the first year that he was there. He was eight and five. I, I don't know just because of the offense, I, I suppose, but I don't know what about Cliff Kingsbury, especially with where you were this year, right? right? Where you were you were in the national championship game. I don't know what about Cliff Kingsbury, who's been hanging out on the beach somewhere, screams, let's get him <laughs> to maintain what we've been doing here at Washington. Right. You know, like I think you'd rather go internally, potentially, right, to extend out what DeBoer's been doing. Uh, there's a couple of other names, of course, like along the West Coast. Um, and heck, guy out here Barry Odom has been mentioned as what he did he's had, actually did a good job in Missouri obviously what he did here his first year at UNLV and then maybe over there I don't think that's gonna be the case but still could be a possibility um but I don't know if you're going Cliff Kingsbury I don't I don't think that's gonna be the case that's a bit of a stretch you're right yeah. he has been in retirement mode to I mean, I wouldn't want to. I'd make millions. I'd get out of here, man. I wouldn't want to do this. It's too stressful. And that's the other thing. When these guys coach in the NFL, I, like, you know, when I mentioned that um, Belichick would never go back to college and somebody yeah. tweeted in, by the way, like, what about Navy? Yeah, narratively, that'd be nice. I don't think he's still going to do it. But um, you go from coaching millionaires, right? And like all this, this kind of stuff yeah. to like now going into like living rooms and having this 19 year old, like, what's what? What am I going to get paid? And, like, Thanks. I just, I don't think it's really that attractive. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about this game later tonight, Kansas City. But from the Dolphins' perspective, Michael Liv is going to be with us, lead columnist for DolphinsTalk.com. Oh, they're from Miami, right? They're going to get their faces kicked in. It's too cold. <laughs> This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet $5 on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code VEGAS. The crown is yours. Back here on Live Bet Saturday, Jonathan Von Tobel, Pamela Maldonado here as we are getting ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. Michael Livas with his well lead column DolphinsTalk.com. Mike, we appreciate the time. So uh, let's just start with the, the overt narrative, right? Which is, hey, every single one of these guys on this roster is from Miami, right? This is going to be <laughs> terrible for them. Uh, well, what do you make of this, like this whole concept of Miami's going to struggle in this cold weather? Because I think we're at a point with this temperature. Everybody's going to struggle with this. Yeah, I think everyone is going to struggle. I mean, when it gets that cold, nobody's accustomed to it. Nobody's used to it. It's not normal to be outside in that temperature, let alone playing football. And if anything, I think it actually, you know, helps Miami in some ways in that this weather, I think it makes it tougher on the quarterback. So if you're Miami, you, it might help neutralize Pat Mahomes and slow him down from doing all the great things Pat Mahomes can do. And for Miami, 
you know, everyone sees a high-powered offense, 70 points a game, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, they have their most success running the football. And at times, their head coaching get away from running the football. So if this might keep him more disciplined to run the football more where they have more success, it could in some weird roundabout way play into Miami's advantage if it is that cold, obviously it is. And, you know, if that is the recipe that is sort of used by Mike McDaniel. What Miami does not have in the advantage department is injuries to, especially on defense. Jalen Phillips, torn Achilles, Bradley Chubb, torn ACL. What does Miami do without their top pass rushers? Yep. You can also throw in Andrew Van Ginkle, Cameron yep. Good. The two safeties might be out this week. Um, they got a lot of injuries um, on that side of the ball. Emmanuel Agba makes a lot of money. Now he wasn't, he hasn't excelled in this Vic Fangio scheme, but when there's literally nobody else, he's going to be asked to play a much larger role there. And obviously this week they signed guys like Justin Houston. I mean, he's been there since Tuesday. They signed Malik Reed. He's been there since Tuesday. They signed Bruce Irvin. He's been there since Tuesday. Guys who have just been there three, four, five days are going to have to do something. Melvin Ingram, they signed him a couple weeks ago. So it's really Emmanuel Agba in that sort of lead role here where he's going to be called on to perform. And he is a guy who did have back-to-back nine-sack seasons in Miami just a few years ago. But under Vic Fangio, it just hasn't been a fit. But he's our guy. He's he's the hope for all fans of the Dolphins uh, right now. So one of the other things that ties into the cold temperature, and I think it ties into overall some struggles we've seen from Miami, but I want to focus on Tua really quickly, right? The white kid who has to play in inclement conditions. What do you expect from Tua Tungabailoa today? And what do you think a game plan would be? Because I've kind of pushed, Mike, uh, what you're hitting me on, which is this is a running team. Like They can run the ball, but Tua does have to do something here. What is your expectation for Tua in this matchup? First and foremost, protect the football at all costs. Do not give the Kansas City Chiefs easy points and a short field. That's number one. Number two, um, short passing game, I think, is obviously going to be probably uh, what we see a lot of. And that's going to be, you know, look for the tight end. Smythe, who the past few weeks has actually had some four and five um, reception type games, obviously with Hill out a couple weeks and Waddle goes out. Smythe has been called up in a larger role because after Hill and Waddle, Miami's wide receiver, they thought that room had some depth. It's been exposed the past month or so with those guys each missing time. So I think Smythe in the passing game and also A-Chan as well. I think you see a lot of short passes to guys like Smythe and A-Chan. And then take the calculated risks down the field to Hill and if Waddle plays to Waddle when it's needed and called for. But I think it's a short passing game. Run the ball, protect the ball. And that's the primary thing here for Tua. Don't give the Chiefs, whose offense has struggled this year, clearly don't give them easy points just to make your job harder. Of course, the weather's going to play such a big deal that we maybe can't even use it as a comparison, but we did see the Chiefs and the Dolphins play back in week nine, and also that was in Germany. That's another added factor, an element, but what, and they only lost by one score for the Dolphins, but what can they do differently from that game that can help them this time around? Yeah, uh, it all goes back to turnovers. They lost that game because Tyree Kill was uh, stripped of the football and was run back for a touchdown. That was the only thing in the game. It was a game that was dead even. Both of the offenses struggled, mainly because the Chiefs have a top, what, five? Um, I think they're top five on defense. Miami, at the time, they just got back Ramsey. They were improving on defense. They were a top-end um, unit there. It really came down to turnovers and points and just don't turn it over. So I think if you're the Dolphins, obviously not the same group with so many guys out, play strong defense. And for the Chiefs as well, 
you know, that was the game where the, the points were so minimal. I think it's going to be because of the weather, low scoring game here as well. Just who can create the turnovers, who can turn those turnovers into points probably will be the difference. Special teams might also be a messier too. Cause when it's that cold, I'm guessing that ball is going to be like a brick for the punters, for the field goal kickers, any hidden yardage things to start a drive, have a short field on special teams. Um, are they able to kick many field goals? If so, what's the length that they can possibly go or they're going to have to be short. Field? So I think that's the type of game we're probably looking at here. And I think all this stuff plays into Miami's hand when you have all these injuries, shorthanded, um, you don't have Pam Mahomes in the game that always puts you at um, a lesser advantage spot. So I think this anything here to sort of muddy the game up kind of helps Miami in a weird way. Check out the work at dolphinstalk.com. All right, so let's. One of the things that I think has stuck out to me, Mike, when I've watched them a couple of times, and in, in the times that they have lost some of these big games, right? And we mentioned the Germany game, for example, against Kansas City. I thought one of the things that really killed them was a lot of pre-snap like issues, right? Pre-snap before, whether it was penalties, miscommunications, and they motion a lot. They do a lot of pre-communicating or pre-snap communication. How do you expect that to translate on the road in a playoff environment? Because guys like Tyree Kill have made note that at times since we do so much pre-snap communication can put us behind if we're not doing it properly. Yeah. Part of the reason for that too, is they've had 11 offensive line combinations this year because of injuries. And when you're shuffling guys in and out so much on the line, you're going to get pre-snap penalties, motion penalties. So that's been part of it. Now this week, um, is probably the best unit that they have available to him with Robert Hunt back. He played last week, Austin Jackson, who missed the game a few weeks ago. He's back. So I think having their core on the offensive line um, there this week will help with that. But mainly it's been just so many offensive line guys being shuffled in and out. Also, what has been uh, something that hurt them big time last week versus the Bills and also for the past two years under Mike McDaniel, offensive lineman, illegal men downfield. Miami gets called for it more than I've ever seen any team ever called for. I don't know why. I don't know if that's something that can be cleaned up in a week or if there's like a larger scale issue. It's just something I think with the offense he runs, that's one of the drawbacks you kind of got to live with the pre-snap panel because there's so much motion. There's so many moving parts at times. Um, and there's so much happening. It's like one of the drawbacks and I don't, I'm sure that's something that they have to address in the off season, but for this week, you just hope it doesn't come back to Fight them in the butt in some way. There is one player that you mentioned earlier that I want to go back to, and it's the one that didn't face the Chiefs back in week nine, and that was your rookie running back in Devon Achan. What difference does he make in this lineup for today? And Raheem Mostert, he is still listed as questionable. So what are you expecting from the run game? I expect the run game to be fine with or without Raheem Mostert. Achan, when he's on the field, is electric. This kid, even in the loss versus the Ravens, which was a blowout. It was ugly. Achan was like the only shining light because in the first, you know, 10, 12 minutes of the game when the game was close, he was running up and down the field on the Ravens last week versus the Bills. The first half, Miami ran the ball exceptionally, and it was him. With him on the field, he does change. And he's a game breaker from any spot on the field. He can take it to the house, score a touchdown. And having him in the lineup really helps. And especially if, you know, Hill and Waddle, Hill will play. He's clearly not 100%. The Waddle, he may play, he might not. Even if he plays, he probably won't be 100% either. Having A-Chan out there as that, as that speed guy who can break a big play really does help in that regard with those two guys at less than 100% because he is a big play waiting to happen at any time. All right, Mike. Well, they're five-point underdogs. The total's 43 and a half. What do you expect to happen today? 
I would think the under is probably a safe bet here because neither team, you know, Miami's offense, everyone kind of remembers it from September and stuff when they were scoring a ton. And it's true. They did late in the year. Even the win versus the Cowboys, they had one offensive touchdown. It was all field goals. The offense has sort of struggled. I think some of the injuries, obviously, to Hill, to Waddle, Mostert, the offensive line injuries have slowed them down in this weather. You combine it. I don't know if they're going to score a ton. The Chiefs Chiefs are going up against a makeshift type of Miami Dolphins type of defense. So I think the unders a play here for this side. It's still the Chiefs at home with Andy Reid. I would probably still lean towards, as much as it pains me to say, I'd probably <laughs> lean towards the Chiefs. Uh, but um, I'm not rooting for it, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, Mike. Well, we appreciate some time today. Enjoy the game. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. Yep, DolphinsTalk.com. You can go find the work for Mike. Um, we like the under. Caesar and I, producer Caesar and I like the under. You're the lone wolf on the over. You and Caesar have been wrong a lot, so <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take. It. I'll be the lone. We wolf are now on three to one. On uh, the under. What was that, Caesar? I, I couldn't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't. I, you keep breaking up. I can't. I don't know. There's something wrong with the communication. I don't understand what you're saying. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We got plenty left in terms of breaking down Wild Card Weekend coming up in an hour, a little less than that. A decent colleague Zach Cohen's going to be with us. Talk a little NBA and I guess. Australian Open. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our VSIN.com picks page. You can get through all the hosts and guests. I've got uh, two plays up in the NBA. That's also up on the car of the uh, article at VSIN.com slash JVT. Jazz plus one and a half against Los Angeles Lakers. Wizards plus seven. All part of the picks that are up on the website. If you want to be a VSIN Pro subscriber, guess what? You get 10% off if you use the promo code LIVE, L-I-V-E, promo code LIVE, 10% off a VSIN Pro subscription. Back here on 
live bet Saturday. I don't know what I was going to say. I don't know. I was distracted here watching college basketball. <laughs> the New Mexico Lobos in a very big matchup in the Mountain West. Down by eight right now to San Diego State. The 19th ranked team in the country. Yeah, 19th ranked team in the country. Mountain West, don't look now. Mountain West looking like a damn good conference. You got three ranked teams right now. And uh, potentially, potentially four teams overall making it to the NCAA tournament. I wanted to update our audience um, as we are oppos on this Cleveland-Houston matchup. Uh, Caesar, confidence picks, you are also on Cleveland, correct? Okay. Um, we are starting to head toward one and a half in multiple spots. One and a half mm. just flashed here at Circa. Uh, we are looking at one and a half at a couple other spots. Two is across the board as well. If you're in the uh, city of Las Vegas, a couple of spots locally do have two and a half still out there. Uh, but we are starting to head in the direction of the Cleveland Browns and the, at least the books, Pam, that would as I call them, like give you the barometer of the market or where it ultimately might head. Spots like Cirque and others are down to one and a half. So it looks like we might be heading in that direction by the time we get to kickoff. Still plenty of time. What, an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But market slowly trickling toward the Cleveland or excuse me, the Houston side. Um, what's very in- that is interesting. I think there's a lot of belief that C.J. Stroud, of course, um, can lead the team to victory. But it is still Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers, not just in the NFL for the Browns, but of all time. We're not talking about this season. If you can kind of like force him, we haven't really seen it. But if you can force him into making some mistakes, potentially that's where it's going to happen. Cleveland defense, we're still talking about one of the best defenses in the NFL, especially on third downs. They have they lead in third down defense. So Stroud is going to have to make some plays in high pressure situation. Miles Garrett, he has been a menace to opposing quarterbacks, 14 sacks. He has forced four fumbles. Stroud, this is still his first career playoff start. Some of that has to go into a factor. Yeah. Um, I also think from like two to one is not that big of a deal either. So, right. you know, we'll see um, where if it you, ends up closing, but it's not the worst thing in the world, right, if, from two to one. And if you are on the Browns' belief, then maybe the money line becomes more intriguing rather than taking a spread. Yes, yes, that would be the case. Sorry, I mean, again, I'm watching this. Uh, <laughs> the, the Lobos are trying to come back. It's a big game. The Lobos are trying to come back into this. But uh, I Jalen House, the guard for New Mexico, Mm-hmm. He's a he's a character, if you will, in the way that he plays basketball. And he's very it's what I'm looking for. We'll call it vocal. Right. But he's kind of an irritant on the court. Yeah. One of the guys that like constantly talks and is doing stuff. And um, New Mexico just played actually UNLV this week and UNLV won the game. But apparently during the game, uh, UNLV has a, a player's name is Luis Rodriguez. And throughout the entire game to get him to potentially draw a technical foul and goad him, uh, Jalen House, the entire game kept going, Luis! And like <laughs> screaming at him the entire time. And he's doing it again here against San Diego State. Um, the guy's insane. The guy's insane. But it's a good basketball game. So, prepared. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess whatever advantage you can get. All right. So we talked about um, this number slowly trickling toward Houston. The number is also slowly trickled toward Brian Ortega, two-time owner of the Green Bay Packers team, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we are looking at sevens across the board right now against the Dallas Cowboys. We haven't talked much about this game at all. No. It's, it's, um, it's an interesting game. I find myself conflicted, and this is going to be on the lower end of the confidence scale. But I will say this. It'll be a low point on the Dallas Cowboys. I just keep going back to Pam People keep telling me this defense has gotten better for Green Bay. But I keep seeing that they played two offenses, which aren't particularly great in Minnesota and Chicago. And yes, like two things can be true. Justin Fields can be improved and the offense still not be very good. And I don't know if I'm buying into that, especially when I watched the Carolina Panthers drop 30 on them. Um, 
I think that this defense is in for kind of a rude awakening here against the Dallas Cowboys. Having said that, Jordan Love is playing incredible football. Since week 12, I believe, he is the highest graded passer by PFF standards. Right. It's been unreal what his growth has been. So maybe they score enough to stay inside of this number. But again, this is like one, this is the lowest confidence I have in any game this week. I don't really have a read. But my my initial, gra- like I am gravitating toward the Cowboys side here. I believe that if you're telling me pick a side, it would be Cowboys minus seven. This is also my lowest confidence rating, and I'm doing the Packers. I like the Packers. Um, I liked it at seven and a half. Not really much of a difference at seven. For some of the reasons that you mentioned, Jordan Love is playing really great right now. And I think what's what's not really getting enough recognition is just how solid of an offensive line Green Bay has. The run blocking is highly efficient, and you're getting a lot of success from Aaron Jones. You run him early and often because you want to look for those fresh and explosive plays after missing. He missed several games early in the season, mid-season, because of his injury. He's had 100-plus rushing yards in three straight games. During that span, he leads in success rate. You can have, if you have that type of rush offense success, that is how you limit the pass rush coming from Micah Parsons. You run to keep his pass rushing um opportunities low now if that is also the case i like jordan love to also have some production with that pass because he is as good as any quarterback in the nfl right now and i can't believe i'm saying that for jordan love but he has been highly efficient you mentioned some of the stats he is third by pff in his last 10 games and he is progressing each and every week you can look at his charts his charts and it is increasingly he has largely improved and i think it's just this offensive line for the packers is not getting enough credit I think they can hang. Yeah, I, I can totally see it. And I think we've seen a time they, they've had the, the Dallas defense when it has looked overwhelmed. I'll go back to that Buffalo game where Buffalo surprisingly came out and just ran it down their throat like the entire game right. and really kind of out-muscled them, out-physicaled them. You could get the same thing here for the Packers. Uh, the Packers are getting healthier, it seems. It looks like Christian Watson might be playing here in this game, which is good. Uh, Jair Alexander as well. Uh, both are listed as questionable. So I think that like, I can understand the path in which you get there. But I also think that you could still see this offense have success and they lose like 42, 28, right? Okay. Like we've seen this yeah. with Green Bay or so we've seen this to Dallas before in some of these really high scoring affairs. Where this offense just keeps going and going and going right. when they're playing at home. It's a very fascinating game. Uh, total right now is sitting at about 50 and a half. Uh, we saw it open up at some spots, 49 and a half. Not surprising that this thing is starting to move toward the over Pam while uh, Green Bay is getting some action because I think that would correlate kind of right, which is mm-hmm. Green Bay is going to cover. This is probably going to be a high scoring affair because I don't think this defense is stopping Correct. Dallas. So it'll be it's 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 funny because we keep talking. I'll I'll, I'll say this. The Rams, the the uh, the Browns. These are the, like these two darling wild card teams that everybody can't get enough of. Right. The Packers do have some qualities of a team that can make a run in that they have a yeah. very good offense. But the funny thing is, I don't know, because we keep focusing on all these other times. You don't really hear narratively about the first time quarterback thing with Jordan Love Correct. coming into this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys because Dak's got a lot of success and Jordan Love is the first time his first crack at a playoff game. Correct. I think it's just we're not at that point yet. It's not until tomorrow. Uh, but no, I think the reason why is just because maybe because he's come, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for so long that some of that experience is going to translate. Um, so you think he's going to become a narcissist? Is that do you think it has to happen? have that has to have some weight? Like you just you sat behind one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL of all time. That had to have been a positive for his growth in some aspect. So I think potentially we could see him have a great game. And what I love about the Packers offense is beyond the offensive line, there's so much depth 
and there's so much variety between the passing game and the run game. We know what we're getting from Dallas. It's a connection with C.D. Lamb. So because you have like that one go-to guy compared to the Packers who can spread the ball around, that could be the it factor. The next one on Sunday, too. Los, uh, Los Angeles Rams on the road against Detroit. Uh, so I'm just sitting back and waiting because I, I do feel very good about this game too, uh, but it's not the side. I, I really like the I really like this game under, but I haven't bet this mm-hmm. yet because it's just been kind of creeping up, right? We were at 51 and a half. We're up to 52. There's a couple of 52 and a halves popping up right now right. Uh, as I speak. So I, I like this game under, and I know the initial thought would be to look at this and go, oh, wait a minute, it's like it's McVay and it's Stafford and it's the Lions and this, this offensive attack and especially at home and why wouldn't this be a high scoring affair i mean it's the highest total on the board right really quietly the lions have put together a very strong defensive season especially yep. against the run they're a top seven unit against the run by different metrics including adjusted line yards allowed yes. we know that the rams of course want to run the ball their offense while it is explosive is built off of that attack i think that this is actually a game in which you're going to get a lot of running i think you're going to get uh, bleeding play clock. I think you're going to get good defense from the Lions in terms of what they do against this uh, Rams team. I think that this is one where we actually see this go under a total. I don't think this is going to be that high scoring affair. I think this is going to be one of the lower scoring games, especially when you tell me I get the highest total on the board, 52 and a half. I like this game under a lot. I fully agree with the under for a lot of the reasons that you shared, but I'm really interested from this for a fan perspective because you have Matthew Stafford that's returning to Detroit. You have Jared Goff who's facing a team that moved on from him. Like that storyline in itself just makes this an entertaining match. 12-point lead for San Diego State. Gone. New Mexico has taken a lead. Big one in the Mountain West. I'm keeping an eye on it, but uh, we don't have to have a ton of updates in a college basketball day that's been like, eh, all right so far. We'll take our break. We'll come back. Final hour. Emmett Golden's going to be with us. Host ESPN Radio 850 in Cleveland to talk about the Browns and what's going to happen today. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 